welcome back to another episode of reading Harry Potter with a four-year-old. Today we're reading Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall. Um, I probably will only be doing maybe half, half of the chapter, yeah, because this is, this is quite a bit. Might even only do like a third and just bust out the rest in the second half of this of the chapter. Uh, but yeah, because I told myself today that I was going to try and get out four episodes, and it's nine o'clock right now, so I kind of just want to get this out there. Uh, yeah, so without further ado, let's get started. Chapter nine. The writing on the wall. What's going on here? What's going on? Attracted, no doubt, by Malfoy's shout, Argus Filch came shouldering his way through the crowd. Then he saw Mrs. Norris and fell back, clutching his face in horror. My cat! My cat! What's happened to Mrs. Norris? He shrieked. His popping and his popping eyes fell on Harry. You! He screeched. You! You've murdered my cat! You've killed her! I'll kill you! I'll... Argus! Dumbledore had arrived on the scene, followed by a number of other teachers. In seconds, he had swept past Harry, Ron and Hermione, and detached Mrs. Norris from the torch bracket. Come with me, Argus, he said to Filch. You too, Mr. Potter, Mr. Weasley, Miss Granger. Lockhart stepped forward eagerly. My office is near, said Master, just upstairs. Please feel free to... Thank you, Gilderoy, said Dumbledore. The silent crowd um, parted to let them pass. Lockhart, looking excited and important, hurried after Dumbledore, and so did Professors McGonagall and Snape. As they entered Lockhart's darkened office, there was a flurry of movement across the walls. Harry saw several of the Lockharts in pictures dodging out of sight, their hair in rollers. The real Lockhart lit the candles on his desk and stood back. Dumbledore laid Mrs. Norris on the polished surface and began to examine her. Harry, Ron and Hermione exchanged tense looks and sank into chairs outside of the pool of the candlelight, watching. The tip of Dumbledore's long crooked nose was barely an inch away from Mrs. Norris's fur. He was looking at her closely through half-moon spectacles, his long fingers gently prodding and poking. Poking. Professor McGonagall was bent almost as close, her eyes narrowed. Snape loomed behind them, half in shadow, wearing a most peculiar expression. It was as though he was trying hard not to smile. And Lockhart was hovering around all of them, making suggestions. It was probably a curse that killed her. Probably the transmorphic... Yeah, the transmogriffin torture. I've seen it used many times, so unlucky I wasn't there. I know the very counter-curse that would have saved her. Lockhart's comments were punctured, punctuated by, Lock, uh, by Filch's dry, racking sobs. He was slumped in a chair by the desk, unable to look at Mrs. Norris in the face, in the, his hands in his face. Much as he detested Filch, Harry couldn't help feeling a bit sorry for him but not as nearly as he felt sorry for himself. If Dumbledore believed Filch, he would be expelled for sure. Dumbledore was now muttering strange words under his breath and tapping Mrs. Norris with his wand, but nothing happened. 
she continued to look as though she had been recently stuffed. I remember something very similar happening in Ogwadugu. Don't know how to say that word. I mean, I think it's a made-up one, said Lockhart. A series of attacks, the full stories in my autobiography. I was able to provide the townsfolk with various amulets, which cleared up the matter at once. The photographs of Lockhart's on the walls were all nodding in agreement as he talked. One of them had forgotten to remove his hairnet. At last, Dumbledore straightened up. She's not dead, Argus. He, he said. She said. La, 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 la. He said softly. Lockhart stopped abruptly in the middle of counting the number of murders he had prevented. Not dead, choked Filch, looking through his fingers at Mrs. Norris. But why is she all all stiff and frozen? She has been petrified, said Dumbledore. Ah, oh, I thought so, said Lockhart. But how? I cannot say. Ask him, shrieked Filch, turning his botched and tear-stained face to Harry. No second year could have done this, said Dumbledore firmly. It would take dark magic of the most advanced. He did it! He did it! Filch spat, his, pou his pouchy face purpling. You saw what he wrote on the wall? He found in my office. He knows I'm a... I'm a... Filch's face worked horribly. He knows I'm a squib, he finished. I never touched Mrs. Norris, said Harry. Harry said loudly, uncomfortably aware of everyone looking at him, including all the Lockhart's on the wall. And I don't even know what a squib is. Rubbish, snarled Filch. He saw my quick spell letter. If I might speak, Headmaster, said Snape from the shadows, and Harry's sense of foreboding increased. He was sure nothing Snape had to say was going to do him any good. Potter and his friends may have simply been at the wrong place in the wrong time, he said, a slight sneer curling, a slight sneer curling his mouth as he doubted it, as though he doubted it. But we do have a set of suspicious circumstances here. Why were you all? Why were you? Why? Uh, why were they in the upstairs corridor at all? Why weren't they at the Halloween feast? Harry wanted her money all launched into an explanation about the Death Day party. There were hundreds of ghosts, so they'll tell you that we're there. But why not join the feast afterwards? Said Snape, his black eyes glittering in the candlelight. Why go up to that corridor? Ron Hermione looked at Harry. Because, because, said Harry, his heart thumping very fast. Something told him that it would sound very far-fetched if, if, if he told them that he'd been led there by a bodiless voice that no one but he could hear. Because we were all tired and wanted to go to bed, he said. Without any supper, said Snape, a triumphant smile flickering across his gaunt face. I didn't think that, provi that ghosts provided food fit for living people at their parties. We weren't hungry, said Ron loudly, as his stomach gave a huge rumble. Snape's nasty smile widened. 
I suggest, Headmaster, that Potter is not telling the entire truth. He said, It might be a good idea if he, was, if he were deprived of certain privileges until he is ready to tell the whole story. I personally feel that he should be taken off the Gryffindor Quidditch team until he is ready to be honest. Really, Severus, said Professor McGonagall sharply, I see no reason to stop the boy playing Quidditch. This cat wasn't hit over the head with a broomstick. There is no evidence at all that Potter has done anything wrong. Dumbledore gave Harry a searching look. His twinkling, light blue gaze made Harry feel as though he was being x-rayed. Innocence until proven guilty, Severus. Snape looked furious. So did Filch. My cat has been petrified! He shrieked, his eyes popping. I want to see some punishment! We will be able to cure her, Argus, said Dumbledore patiently. Professor Sprout recently managed to procure some mandrakes. As soon as they have made... As soon as they have reached their full size, I will have a potion made which will revive Mrs. Norris. Also, if you don't like my Dumbledore voice, please send me in a voice messages, uh, a few voice messages telling me you don't like it. I can stop if you want, or I can keep going. Okay, I'll make it, Lockhart butted in. I must have done it a hundred times. I can whip up a Mandrake restorative draft in my sleep. Excuse me, said Snape icily, but I believe I'm the potions master at this school. There was a very awkward silence. You may go, Dumbledore said to Harry, Ron, and Hermione. They went as quickly as they could without actually running. When they were on the floor up from Lockhart's uh, office, they turned into an empty classroom and closed the door quietly behind them. Harry squinted at his darkened fr uh, at his friend's darkened faces. Do you think I should have told them about that voice I heard? No, said Ron without hesitation. Hearing voices in the in hearing voices no one else can hear isn't a good sign, even in the wizarding world. Something in Ron's voice made Harry ask. You do believe me, don't you? Of course I do, said Ron quickly, but you know, you must admit it's weird. I know it's weird, said Harry. The whole thing's weird. What was that writing on the wall about? The chamber has been opened. What's that supposed to mean? You know, it, it rings a bell, said Ron, slowly. I think someone told me a story about the ch secret chamber at Hogwarts once. Yeah, Hogwarts once. Might have been Bill. And what on earth is a squib? said Harry. To his surprise, Ron stifled a sneer. Well, it's not really funny, but... As it's Filch, he said. A squib is someone who is born into a wizarding family but hasn't got any magical powers. Kind of the opposite of Muggleborns, but squibs are quite unusual. If Filch is trying to learn magic from a quick spell course, I reckon he might, must be a squib. That would explain a lot, like why he hates the students so much. Ron gave a satisfied smile. He's bitter. A clock chimed somewhere. Midnight, said Harry. We'd better get to bed before Snape comes along and tries to frame us for something else. For a few days, the school could talk little of, of little but the attack on Mrs. Norris. 
Filch kept it fresh in everyone's mind minds by pacing the spot where she had been attacked, as though he thought the attacker might come back. Harry had seen him scrubbing the message on the wall with Mrs. Scour's all-purpose magical mess remover, but it's no effect. The words still gleamed as brightly as ever on the stone. When Filch wasn't guarding the scene of the crime, he was skulking red-eyed through the corridors, lunging out at unsuspecting students, students and trying to put them for things like breathing loudly and looking happily, uh, looking happy. Ginny Weasley seemed very disturbed by Mrs. Norris's fate. According to Ron, she was a great cat lover. But you, but you hadn't really gotten to know Mrs. Norris," said Ron bracingly. "Honestly, we're much better off without her." Ginny's lip trembled. Stuff like this doesn't often happen at Hogwarts. Ron assured her, "They'll catch the nutter who did it and have him out of here in no time. I just hope they've got time to petrify Filch before he's expelled." I'm really joking, Ron added hastily, as Ginny blanked. The attack had been and also had also been an effect for Hermione. It was quite usual for Hermione to spend a lot of time reading, but now she was doing almost nothing else. Nor could Harry and Ron, uh, nor could Harry and Ron get a response from her uh, when they asked her what she was up to. Not until the following Wednesday did they find out. Harry had been held back in potions where Snape had made him stay behind to scrape tube worms off the desk of the desks. After a hurried lunch, he went downstairs to meet Ron in the library and saw Justin Finch Fretchley, the Hufflepuff boy from Herbology, coming towards him. Harry had just caught opened his mouth to say hello when um, Justin caught sight of him, turned abruptly and sped off in the opposite direction. Harry found Ron at the back of the library, measuring his history of magic homework. Professor Binns had asked for a three-foot-long composition on the medieval assembly of wizards, of uh, medi- the medieval assembly of European wizards. I don't believe it. I'm still eight inches short," said Ron furiously, letting go of his parchment, which sprang back into a roll. Hermione's done four feet seven inches, and her writing's tiny. Where is she? asked Ron grabbing the tape measure and unrolling his own homework. Somewhere over there, said Ron, pointing along the shelves. Looking for another book. I think she's trying to read the whole library before Christmas. Harry told Ron about Justin Finch Fletchley running away from him. Don't know why you care. I thought he was a bit of an idiot, said Ron, scribbling away, making his writing as large as possible. All that rubbish about Lockhart being so great. Hermione emerged from uh, emerged from between the bookshelves. She looked irritable, and at last seemed to be ready to talk to them. All the copies of Hogwarts A History have been taken out, she said, sitting ne- de- next to Ron and Hermione, uh, Harry and Ron. There's a two-week waiting list. I wish I hadn't left my copy at home, but it wouldn't fit in my trunk with all the Lockhart books. Why do you want it, said Harry? The same reason why everyone else wants it, said Hermione, to read up on the legend of the Chamber of Secrets. What's that? said Harry quickly. That's just it. I I can't remember, said Hermione, biting her lip, and I can't find the story anywhere else. Hermione, let me read your composition, said Ron desperately, checking his watch. 
No, I won't, said Hermione, suddenly severe. You've had ten days to finish it. I only need another two inches. Go on. My bell rang. Ron and Hermione led the way to History of Magic Bickering. History of Magic was the dullest subject on their timetable. Professor Binns, who taught it, was their only ghost teacher, and the most exciting thing that ever happened in his class was entering the room through was his entering the room through the blackboard. Ancient and shriveled, many people said he hadn't noticed he was dead. He had simply gone out to teach one day and left his body in an armchair in front of the staff room fire. His routine had not varied in the slightest since. Today was as boring as ever. Professor Binns opened his notes and began to read in a flat drone like an old vacuum cleaner until never every until nearly everyone in the classroom was in a deep stupor, occasionally coming round long enough to copy down a name or a date then and then falling asleep again. He had been speaking for half an hour when something happened that never happened before. Hermione put up her hand. Professor Binns was in the middle of a deadly duel, a deadly dull lecture on the International Convention of 1289, looked amazed. Miss, uh, Granger, Professor, I was wondering if you could tell us anything about the Chamber of Secrets, said Hermione in a clear voice. Dean Thomas, who had been sitting with his mouth hanging open, gazing out of the window, jerked out of his trance. Lavender Brown's head came off her arms, and Neville's elbow slipped off his desk. Professor Binns blinked. My subject is history of magics, he said in his dry, wheezy voice. I deal with facts, Miss Granger, not myths and legends. He cleared his throat with a small with a small noise like chalk snapping and continued. In September that year, a subcommittee of Sardian sorcerers. He started to a halt. Hermione's hand was waving in the air again. Miss Grant, uh, Miss, Miss Grant? Please, sir, don't all uh, don't legends always have a basis in fact? Professor Brins was looking at her in such astonishment that Harry was sure no student had ever interrupted him before, alive or dead. Well, said Professor Brins slowly, yes, one could argue that, I suppose. He peered at Hermione as though he had never seen a student properly before. However, the legend of which you speak is a very sensational, even ludicrous tale. But the whole world was now hanging on to Professor Brin's every word. He looked dimly at them all. Every face turned to his. Harry could tell that he was thrown. He was completely thrown by an unusual show of, by this unusual show of interest. Oh, very well," he said slowly. "Uh, let me see the Chamber of Secrets. You all know, of course, that a thousand uh, that Hogwarts was founded over a thousand years ago. The precise date is uncertain." by the four greatest witches and wizards of the age. The four schoolhouses are named after them. Godric Gryffindor, Helga Hufflepuff, Rowena Ravenclaw, and Salazar Slytherin. They built this castle together, far away from prying muggle eyes, for it was an age when magic was feared by common people, and witches and wizards suffered much persecution. He paused, gazed blearily around the room, and continued. For a few years, the founders worked in harmony together, seeking out youngsters uh, and bringing them to the castle to be educated. But then disagreements sprang between them. 
a rift began to grow between Slytherin and the others. Slytherin wished to be more select, selective about the students that should be admitted to Hogwarts. He believed that magical learning, learning should be kept within all magical families. He disliked taking students of muggle parentage, believing them to be untrustworthy. After a while, there was a serious argument on the subject between Slytherin and Gryffindor, and Slytherin left the school. Professor, Brin's, Professor Bind paused again, pursing his lips, looking like an old, wrinkled tortoise. Reliable historical facts tell us this much, that honest facts have been obscured by the fanciful legend of the Chamber of Secrets. The story goes that Slytherin had a hidden chamber in the castle, of which the other founders knew nothing. Slytherin, according to the legend, sealed the Chamber of Secrets so that none would be able to open it until his own true heir arrived at the school. The heir alone would be able to unseal the Chamber of Secrets, or would be uh, unleash the horror within, and use it to purge the school, who were all unworthy to study magic. There was a silence as he finished telling the story, but it wasn't unusual. Sleepy, but it wasn't the uh, the usual. Sleepy silence had filled Professor Bin's class. There was unease in the air as everyone continued to watch him, hoping for more. Professor Bin's Faint, looked faintly annoyed. The whole thing is arrant nonsense, of course, he said. Naturally, the school has been searched many times for evidence of a chamber. Many times. And uh, and by the most learned witches and wizards. It does not exist. A tale told to frighten the gullible. Hermione's hand was back in the air. Sir, what do you mean by the horror within the chamber? It is believed that some sort of monster, which the heir of Slytherin alone can, it is believed to be some sort of monster, which the heir of Slytherin alone can control," said P P Professor Bind in his dry, reedy voice. The class exchanged nervous looks. "I can tell you this: the thing that not the thing does not exist," said Professor Bind, shuffling his notes. "There is no chamber of secrets and no monster." But, sir, said Seamus Finnegan, if the Chamber of Secrets would be, can only be opened by Slytherin's true heir, no one else, true heir, true heir, no one else would be able to find it, would they? Nonsense, O oh Flattery, so, uh, said, uh, nonsense, O oh Flaherty, said Professor Bins in an aggravated tone. If a long succession of Hogwarts headmasters and headmistresses haven't found a thing, but Professor piped up. Pavati Patil. You probably, you probably have to use dark magic to open it. But just because a uh, just because a wizard doesn't use dark magic, it doesn't mean he's, he can't. Mrs. Pennyfeather, Miss Pennyfeather, snapped Professor Bins. I repeat, if the likes of Dumbledore, maybe you've got to be related to Slytherin, so Dumbledore couldn't. Began Dean Thomas, but Professor Bins had enough. That will do, he said sharply. It is a myth. It does not exist. There is not a shred of evidence that Slytherin ever built so much as a secret broom cupboard. I regret telling you such a foolish story. We will return, you, if you please, to history, to solid, believable, and verbal facts. And within five minutes, the class had sunk back into its usual torpor. <laughs> Thank you.
so guys that's going to be all for today i hope you guys enjoyed this episode of reading fairy pod with a 12 year old uh i most likely will be posting an episode tomorrow uh not for like today because this is just to catch up on all the episodes that i've missed but um yeah i hope you had a good time today if you actually managed to listen to them in one day it's fine if you haven't but i will probably be seeing you tomorrow so please make sure to subscribe if you haven't already to to keep up with uh the the latest episodes and uh share this with your friends and family if they enjoy listening to harry potter I will see you guys next time. Take care. Bye for now.